0: So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler. Visit rg-help.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too.
0: Baby, welcome in. Happy New Year, one and all. East Coast Bias, our final show of 2023, which is just really hard to believe on a lot of different fronts, on a lot of different levels. We are so stoked. Uh, we have week number 17 in the NFL. We have a college football playoff to get to, and we have a loaded NFL Cardiff. I welcome in Joe House, Raheem Palmer, it's JJ John Zestremsky. And, boys, you know, the MVP market has taken quite the dramatic turn based upon the results of Monday night. And for what it's worth, Raheem and House, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, it seemed like a foregone conclusion just three days ago that Brock Purdy was going to go and win the MVP. He has one bad game, a game in which it really doesn't even matter much for the Niners as far as the one seed. If they win the next two games, they're still the one seed anyway in the NFC. And yet all of a sudden now, Brock Purdy looks like a long shot to go and win this MVP award, and it shapes up for Lamar Jackson if he goes and takes care of business against the Miami Dolphins to go and be the MVP. Raheem, we've hit on this until we're blue in the face. I thought it was insanity to see the sort of line move that we saw on FanDuel, but if you had a Brock Purdy ticket that was juicy, Monday night was not advantageous, amigo. Just saying.
2: Yeah, it was pretty bad. And at the end of the day, this This guy's went from favorite to 14 to one right now on FanDuel Sportsbook. And it's interesting because Lamar Jackson has gone to minus 210. It's just really tough to tell what the voters are thinking. We know that they're just searching long and hard for a quarterback. When, in my opinion, you should be looking at other positions. You should be looking at Christian McCaffrey. You should be looking at Tyreek Hill. But we know those guys aren't going to win. So if Lamar Jackson can pull off the win... This week against the Miami Dolphins, he's looking like the guy to win the award.
3: Yeah, and and I'll go even further, uh, Dream and and JJ. Um, If we are not going to give it to any position other than quarterback, then it is Lamar Jackson's award. And if they play Miami even and and it's close and they end up losing, I still think Lamar Jackson gets it because of the head-to-head And because he's going to end up now, there has been some shade thrown at Lamar over the the touchdown numbers and the passing numbers, but no quarterback in history is going to get to what he's about to get to, which is the combination of rushing yards, over 900. And I think it's like 3,700 passing yards. Our guy, Ben Solak put this out a few weeks ago. There's only one quarterback in the history of the NFL to hit those thresholds. And it's going to be Lamar. If he stays healthy, I'm knocking on wood. But to me, this is really the, the, the desperate moment that we're in, in a season where only position players have really distinguished themselves. And I have no problem whatsoever with throwing shade at, at Brock Purdy. He landed in the logical landing place for him. The reason that he was leading the MVP voter race is because he was using great judgment and executing that offense. And then in the first series against the Ravens, he used bad judgment. He was fooled. He did not execute. They lost the game on that very first uh, uh, scripted series for the 49ers. That interception was the game changing, the game losing play. He never restored. His confidence was gone. He looked like a backup. So many backups we've seen this season. So I have no problem whatsoever with the market flipping in the manner in in which it did. He showed us who he he was, who we thought he was. A lot of people thought that they've been hating on Brock Purdy, but to me, fine with it.
2: Lamar deserves it. He's going to hit these thresholds. I'm good with that. I have a question for you guys because when you look at all the advanced numbers, Brock Purdy is still first in EPA per play plus completion over expectation. He's still first in success rate. This number has gone to 14-1. to If Lamar Jackson were to go out there and lose this week or Josh Allen were to go out there and lose this week, right now, Brock Purdy is 14-1. to Is there value on taking him right now? Because Like J.J. said, he only played terribly one game. Can he reverse course? That is a great
0: call, Raheem. I think it's a good number, but I think the narrative of what we saw in this Monday night game against Baltimore is going to be just so etched in everybody's minds, and I think it's going to be a narrative that the voters remember going to the ballot box right before the start of the postseason. I kind of think it's too little too late for Brock Purdy, but you kind of led me to a nice little segue here, buddy, which I love, and that's what we do here on this show. If there was going to be somebody to get on board with other than Lamar Jackson, who right now, yes, it's his award to lose, but if the MVP award this year should tell us anything is when you think it's somebody's award to go and seize, something happens. You know, that's just been the NFL in a nutshell here in 2023. Uh, There are a couple names. Maybe it's Josh Allen. Maybe it's Tua with a couple of big games here against Baltimore and against Buffalo over the next two weeks. Is there anybody, Raheem? All right. You mentioned Purdy. The Niners win the next 2 They're kind of going to be under the radar. They're not playing high profile game this week. Next week, maybe against the Rams, they are. But I'll give you the board. Is there anybody you'd
2: want to fire on going into the home stretch here? Like, at this point, there's nobody I want to fire on. You look at Brock Purdy. He has head-to-head wins against the other candidates in Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. You look at Josh Allen. This guy is second in interceptions this year behind Sam Howe. This guy was a turnover machine, and now, because of the last couple weeks with this team fighting to get into the postseason, everybody's elevated him. So I have no idea what MVP award voters are even thinking at this point. It's like, like... At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody with more second place or third place votes won. So I'm not going to dump any money into this market at this point.
3: Dream's all over it. He's absolutely right. This is a don't play under any circumstances, JJ. I could see a world in which Josh Allen throws 10 touchdowns over these last two games and rushes for 200 yards. And people are like, oh my God, the bills look what, and if they win the division, right? If something happens with the dolphins and the bills win the decision back the division and they're back from the dead, that's what kind of extraordinary performance, but Josh Allen was the quarterback during those games that they lost. And he had turnovers that were game losing turnovers. So I think over the space of the entire season, Lamar still above, and I don't know what kind of bad performance Lamar would have to have for, for him to, to lose it at this point. He, it really was that Christmas night game. And I think it's totally fair to be honest, both teams, you know, both guys had the opportunity to show out. It was a heads up competition for the MVP, JJ. All
0: right, guys, before we get to these loaded card here in week 17, Sean Payton says enough is enough for Russell Wilson this year. Uh, I'm glad man's best bet finally came through. I went down the Raheem rabbit hole of taking a team uh, at plus major money. He did it with Denver and Buffalo a few weeks ago. I had a one up them with the Patriots. What a glorious Christmas Eve. It was for me. Dolphins beat the Cowboys. Broncos lose outright to the Patriots. Maybe a couple of drinks deep. We loaded in our FanDuel account. We played that on the money line. It was a thing of beauty. But Raheem, we're not going to see Russell Wilson the last two weeks. It's obviously financially driven. They don't want to have to be on the hook to pay Russell Wilson if indeed there's an injury. I got to be thinking next year, Sean Payton is going to be going a different direction at quarterback, right? Like I think the the writing now is on the wall where they stuck through it. They kind of dealt with each other for a year I feel like Denver will do everything in their power to get out from that contract here in 2024 you see that being
2: the case oh yeah in the words of Jules from Pulp Fiction Russell Wilson is dead as fried chicken I mean they're getting rid of this guy they're throwing him into the bushes and I think it's the right move you look at Russell Wilson last week against the Patriots this guy was just running into sacks like this guy right now Unless he's playing schoolyard football where they're down and out and he's just throwing the deep ball and getting lucky. This guy's not a good quarterback anymore. So it's unfortunate. I love Russell Wilson. I love what he did in Seattle. But this guy's Larry Holmes status, Flavian sick. And it's time to move on.
3: Yeah, we saw it this season, fellas. He had post-traumatic sack syndrome. I mean, he was, he was very, every, every time he felt the pressure, you would see him falling down or running. He he just doesn't have the same uh, acumen skill set in terms of dealing with a, a pass rush. And it was the anticipation all season long that, that, that Peyton would be looking for, to go in a different direction to, to Russell Wilson's credit. He played up to standard. I mean, the winning streak that they went on, He played a meaningful role. He protected the ball. That was the most important thing. They just had series of injuries at skill positions that they couldn't overcome. And that offense really ended up being middle of the pack. It just wasn't enough for them after the start that they had to overcome what that defense was at the beginning of the season, because that. Their, their season really was uh, over through the first six games because of how bad that defense was. So, uh, but this is, this is a a, a perfectly rational economic decision, JJ.
0: And you're going to look back on that Seattle Denver trade that was made a couple of years ago, highway robbery for John Schneider and Pete Carroll with what they were able to get and looking at the last two years with Russell Wilson. Yes. Wilson bitter with Sean Payton. than he was with Nathaniel Hackett just a year ago. But to the point where Denver can be a contender in a loaded AFC, I don't think so. And that exchange we saw in Detroit between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, I think kind of summed up in a nutshell how the head coach is feeling and why they'll be going in a different direction next year. All right, guys, when we come back, we got a loaded Week 17 card to get to. We have a Saturday game with Dallas and Detroit. We have a monster with Miami and Baltimore. Sunday night, something on the line with Minnesota and Green Bay. We'll break down the entire Week 17 card. East Coast bias style. That's coming up.
1: This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too.
0: All right, boys, week 17. We got two weeks left in the regular season. Loaded, loaded, loaded Sunday, Saturday card across the board. Let's start with your Cowboys, Raheem. We'll start with the Saturday night game. Detroit goes in. They just won the NFC North. They're taking on a Dallas team that lost back-to-back games. They got smoked by Buffalo. They lost a heartbreaker, evenly matched game against the Dolphins that fumble on the opening series. You can make the argument. It might have decided the game. But now you look at motivation. Detroit's won the division. They're hosting a playoff game. They need a lot to happen to become the number one seed. Dallas is kind of in a spot where it's like, okay, the Cowboys are going to be in the playoffs. The Cowboys are going to need a good chunk to happen in order to go and win the NFC East. So logic would say, hey, Cowboys, two bad performances. They've been money at home. Detroit may be a little hungover after their division title. Good spot to take the Cowboys. But I just got to wonder, are we going to get the dialed in, locked in version of the Dallas Cowboys? That's what I'm questioning going into this game. I'll start with you, Mr. Cowboy fan. What's your read on your boys this week?
2: So you are going to get that dialed in, locked in version of the Cowboys. And the reason why is because if you go back and you look at the Dallas Cowboys, I believe it was in 2016. They sat out the end of that year and they came out flat in that divisional round playoff game against the Green Bay Packers. And ever since then, the Cowboys have played these games at the end of the year to to to, to stay in form. Like, it's really important for them to stay in form. And if you, if you go back and you look at a lot of these games at the end of the year, they stay in form. A couple of years ago, they beat the Eagles in Week 17, 59, like 51 to 26 or something like that. So the Cowboys are going to come out of this game motivated. And more importantly, this game is on Saturday. And because this game is on Saturday, they won't know the results of what's going to happen in the Eagles game. So as far as they're concerned, they need to take care of business before they figure out anything else. So this could be the last game that they actually take serious this year year because if the Eagles win on Sunday, the Eagles will have everything wrapped up. But this is a game I expect them to come out motivated.
3: Yeah, I I totally agree with uh, Dream, JJ. Uh, And, you know, we have the added layer here of Detroit kind of accomplishing what they, what they need to accomplish, but it's a tough schedule spot for them. That really has me on Dallas dreams, uh articulation of why Dallas is motivated. I totally agree with that. They want to get right after those two road games. They, they love the comforts at home. They've been an absolute uh, truck at home. But look at poor uh, Detroit. They're playing their, their, their fourth game in 20 days. It's their second straight road game. It's their third road game in four weeks. It's just a tough spot. And they did their thing. They, they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. Now I'm not saying that they won't show up and compete. And for sure, you know, uh, Jared Goff will be comfortable in a dome and they'll, all of their speed guys um, will be able to run all over that Dallas track, but I think for Dallas, it's it's much more important for them. They have the incentive. I like Dallas. And I don't mind laying the six, to be honest with you guys.
0: I don't either. Um, I just, my only thing is motivation, right? Like cowboy motivation, but Raheem kind of illustrated it. Hey, they've played out these seasons. They're playing on Saturday. I'm on the Cowboys in this spot. I don't see them losing three in a row. And listen, Raheem, you mentioned it. The last two weeks, when we broke down Cowboys-Dolphins and when we broke down Cowboys-Bills, Dallas is a different team when you take them and put them on the road. They are back at home this week. Line's a little hungover. Teams, the Cowboys, playing minus the six. We like the Cowboys as a family play. Uh,
2: I'm not saying I necessarily like the Cowboys. Oh, you don't?
0: You're not in on the six then?
2: So for me, I look at this line and... Look, the Cowboys are the superior team. We know the Cowboys are a monster at home. But I'm a little worried about laying the six here just because I think the Lions are going to be able to run the ball. I like the over in this game. They're going to be line, I'm with There's going to be a They're lot of points, points in this, in this game. game. 51 and a half. It got bet up to 53 and a half. And I still don't think that's enough. You're looking at a Cowboys team, which is averaging like 40 points a game at home. The, the Cowboys team total was 30 and a half for a reason. So I like the over in this spot. They're playing a bad Detroit defense. If I had to play this game, I would be looking at either the over for the full game at 53 and a half or a Cowboys team total over 30 and a half house. I
0: see your eyes light up. I saw your eyes light up about that team total. I saw it, buddy.
3: I'm afraid of the Dallas team total, but I love the Detroit team total at 23 and a half. I think Detroit's going to get to 24. I mean that that one for sure. They're going to play in it, stay in it, play in it. So, um, but I, I do oh, like oh, I the gotta, idea of I got to push, push back.
2: How do you like here. the Cowboys minus six? But then you don't like the Cowboys team total, <laughs> but you like the Detroit team total. Make it make sense. So- I'm uh, just afraid. I'm just afraid of it. That's all dream. That's Honest. all I can say. You know what it is? You got burnt with San Francisco last week, so you got some PS- PTSD.
3: You're right about that. I sure did get burnt. And,
2: and I thought you, my buddy Sam Darnold was going to pull
0: through for your house at the end of the game, but uh, well, not to be. We'll,
3: we'll gonna to have be. our opportunity to talk about it. That was Shanahan. <laughs> that was not on Sam Darnold. Uh, Christian McCaffrey got one touch and it was from 70 yards deep from the one yard line. If the, the masterful play caller uh, Shanahan could come up, they literally were one score away from being back in that game. They were going to be less than a touchdown out of that, out of that game with all their timeouts and plenty of time left. And that bum Shanahan, don't put me under pressure Shanahan. He did the clench that he always does. He had Darnold out there running around, trying to throw the ball. Ding dong. The dummy's dead as usual. I'm sorry. I, I don't like losing in the manner that I lost that bet. I'll you know what? I'm, I'm
2: glad you said that house because this is why I'm skeptical on San Francisco going forward because they haven't faced adversity all season long. And every single time they face adversity against these AFC North teams, they fold like a cheap suit. And I think if they get into a close playoff game, whether it's with the Eagles, whether it's with the Cowboys, whether it's with the Lions, you could see that same issue show up.
0: Interesting. front runner angle for the Niners. Now, as a team, they've played their fair share of uh, close playoff games over the last couple of years. Different quarterbacks, you know, different situations. But this year, you're right. They have been a bully team. And we'll see if they're able to bully throughout the course of this postseason. All right, guys. Uh, I'm biased, but it's the game of the week. I don't even think it's close. It's Miami going into Baltimore. Miami, a three-and-a-half-point dog in the game. And, and I'm going to get my thoughts last on this, and I'm going to start with you, Raheem. After what everybody saw on Monday night, Lamar lighting up the Niners, the Raven defense embarrassing Brock Purdy. Am I totally off base in thinking this, or is this an accurate depiction I get the sense everybody and their mother is
2: betting Baltimore in this game. Do you agree with that? I kind of get that sense, but it it just feels like you're going to have like the sharps or the semi sharps wanting to back Miami. And, but the thing that scares me about this game is that Miami's injury report continues to be a problem. You look at Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They didn't practice this week. You look at a lot of guys on that offensive line. It's still an issue. So, I don't know how to really approach this game. I think Sharps will really approach it as Miami plus three and a half or nothing. But the thing that stands out in my mind is that these two teams played last year and Baltimore absolutely dominated them in that first half. And they were able to rush the quarterback. Lamar Jackson got whatever they wanted. And then in that second half, you had Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle just absolutely take over. So I'm personally probably going to stay away from this game. But you got to look at the injury report because that's everything right now.
0: So as far as the injuries, house, Tyreek Hill is going to play. He got better as the game went along against the Cowboys, made some big plays in the fourth quarter. He's going to play. Waddle is the interesting one because he left the game. They're talking about a high ankle. McDaniel didn't rule him out. He said it's not severe. But you can't be surprised if you don't see Jalen Waddle in this game. Here's my prom house with last year's game, looking at it. It's a totally different Dolphin team. That Dolphin team did not have Vic Fangio call in place. That Dolphin team was the product of the zero blitz. That's what their MO was in trying to stop Jackson. It worked a few years ago. It failed miserably in the game last year, and Lamar smoked him. It's going to be a much different game plan. My take on this game, and I get where Raheem's coming from, because Miami is beat up. We got to see on Baltimore with Kyle Hamilton if he's going to play. That's a big loss for them if he doesn't in that secondary I think this game is an undergame. I, I do. I thought it was an under game with the Cowboys and the Dolphins, and I was right. And I think it's going to be an undergame where Baltimore's physicality and Miami's underrated physicality is going to be 2017-23-20. That's how I look at this game, House. I, I lean Dolphins. I'm not going to lie, but I'm not going to let emotion get in the way. I think this game is tight, and I think this game is low scoring. How about that?
3: Well, one very interesting dynamic, and we're still kind of midweek. We'll see how the number moves. But the fact that the number has stayed at three and a half, even with the injury stuff that we're going through here, kind of tells you something. And I'm I'm concerned. I'm glad you mentioned Kyle Hamilton. That's the guy that I want to keep my eye on. And then uh, Raheem Mostert showing up questionable, I'm not sure what that's all about, J.J. I don't, I don't love he's that. He's going to play.
0: He's going to play. He got okay. nicked up in the Cowboy game. He came back in the game. Now, the end of the game, when they needed the tough yards to win it, it was Jeff Wilson. It was not Raheem Mostert, but he's he's tough. And he's a guy I don't worry about with practice time either because he's been in McDaniel and Shanahan's system for 10 zillion years. He don't need to practice. Get him right. We'll see you on the field Sunday. You know what I mean, House?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I like that, but um... – I I think the only way that I'm inclined to play it as we sit down here for this Thursday show is the under, I think that's a, a really good angle here. I think both teams, you know, short week, uh, uh, for Baltimore, coming off of of like you know the, the game of the year, traveling back cross country, not a great spot for them. They're also not great um, as favorites of more than three points at home. If you look at the numbers, they're not great. The same is true of Lamar when they're favorites of more than three points. It's not a it's not a great uh, outcome. So I don't mind um, the idea of there being support for Miami. I'm not going to play aside, but the under looks like a, a good angle here.
2: We're recording this on Wednesday, and just eight minutes ago, Tua actually popped up on an injury report with a left thumb and quad injury. He was limited in practice today. I just think that injury report is just such a mess for the Dolphins. You're looking at Tyron Armstead. He didn't practice today. So many guys didn't practice today for the Dolphins that I think J.J. is right on the money. I think this is an underplay.
0: It's an underplay. A lot of those guys that we're mentioning, with the exception of Jalen Waddle, this is a monster game for the Dolphins they're going to be out there. Tyreek Hill is playing. Toronto Armstead is playing. Tua is playing. Like, it's a monster, monster game. We're not in week four or five where it's like, oh, these coaches, they're going to be a little bit more careful. They're going to be a little bit more judicious as far as injuries. No, they're... They're playing house. These, these are big games.
3: The division's on the line, JJ, because you expect the Bills to handle their business this week, and then they're going to play the Bills next week for the division if, if Miami loses this game. So it's crucial for Miami.
0: No doubt about it. All right, guys, let's hit two more here before we step aside. Uh, we have the Raiders, the resurgent Raiders, spunky, spirited, fun, easy to root for when Antonio Pierce going into Indy. It's a short week for the Raiders. We know how tough they are, but they're also limited from an offensive standpoint. I'm seeing this line at three and a half for him. The Raiders are good to me on Christmas Day. They gave me a nice little present plus the points. I have enjoyed betting them with Antonio Pierce. That said, I had this in Indianapolis cold spot on Sunday, dude. I do. I just, and I hope I'm wrong on this because I want to root for the Raiders. I want them to be in it the final week of the year. You just had your game of all games at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. Now you got to play 6 days later against the Colt team that got embarrassed by Atlanta. This is an awful
2: spot for the Raiders. Awful, awful, awful spot for the Raiders. So I'm I'm I love what Antonio Pierce is doing right now. And he ruined our win total because we had the Raiders on Yes, under. he did. Yes, he did.
0: <laughs> it's his fault. But I love you, but it is clearly your fault, Antonio. You could come yeah, like, and you better be coach. We bet on this
2: year. win total thinking Josh McDaniels would coach out the year, and maybe he'd get fired, and they'd stink, and Antonio Pierce ruined our money. But last week, this Raiders team won a game in which Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. This is a clear sell-high spot on the on the Raiders and I, I think you you just, if you have to play this game, you have to play the Colts, but I don't know if I want to play it because I, I just don't necessarily trust this Colts defense at all. And I think the Raiders defense has been playing lights out. So I'm going to pass, but if you do take it, you got to take the Colts.
3: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'll be looking for some combination plays with these Colts. I'll put them in some money line parlay action. This is just a, 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 another one of these situations Um, where it's a, it's a bad spot. Like the lions who've been on the road a whole bunch. This is for the Raiders, not only the short week, but it's their fourth game in 21 days. Uh, and, and that, that upset of the chiefs really was their season achievement. I mean, seriously, Antonio Pierce, you got to give it up for that dude. I like the Colts just fine here.
0: I think him and his days with the New York giants. And I hope Josh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I hope Josh McDaniels enjoyed uh, yet another victory speech, uh, talking about that Super Bowl. I mean, my goodness, what a loser! Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Never should coach in the NFL as a head coach ever again. All right, guys. Last but not least, Bucks Saints monster game for Tampa. Tampa, another team house that was good to me last week. I loved them against Jacksonville. They smoked them. Baker Mayfield lights out. Trevor Lawrence played in that game. Maybe shouldn't have played in that game. Be that as it may. Now you look at this line. Raheem talks about sell-high spots. It feels like this is a sell-high spot on the Bucks. but I watched the Saints on Thursday. I know who the coach is. I know who the quarterback is. I don't care what the spot may dictate. House, there's no way in the world I'm betting the Saints. I'm either betting Tampa or I'm not betting the game, and I'm leaning towards not betting the game, just throwing it out there. I am not putting my good, hard-earned American dollars on Dennis Allen and Derek card. No, thank you. Can't do it.
3: Can't do it. I know. I mean, it, it was on, on paper. It's a great buy low spot on new Orleans. It's a great sell spot on the bucks, the bucks, you know, four game win streak and Baker leading them to this division uh, lead and probably division win. But I mean, we just can't look at ourselves in the mirror and, you know, have have a good feeling about having anything to do with Derek Carr or Dennis Allen. Just can't do it. Not gonna be able to do it. That's the old the old Jalen line. Just not gonna be able to do it. Even though I don't understand, you know, what the, the correct play is. The correct play is is probably New Orleans, but I'm
2: just not gonna do any I can't do it. I can't do it, Dream. Yeah, the the sharp money's gonna be on New Orleans here, but I want to remind everybody. Earlier this year, October 1st. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they played the Saints 26-9. to They absolutely dominated that game. The Saints were four-and-a-half-point favorites. Now we're looking at Tampa Bay at minus three-and-a-half. So the sharps are going to look at that and say that's way too big of an adjustment. But I don't know how you can trust the Saints team at all. You're looking at Derek Carr. You're looking at Dennis Allen. Also, I think Lattimore is still out, and Mike Evans is just— I mean, he's making his Hall of Fame case right now. And I, I just don't want to back the Saints at all. So I think the Sharps will be on the Saints. I'm going to pass this game.
0: I can't believe we're living in a world where I trust Todd Bowles and I trust Baker Mayfield more than any coach quarterback combo in the NFC South. And I don't even think it's close. Just think about that for a minute. So go Baker Mayfield. I, I, from a watchability standpoint in the postseason – I would much rather sit down and watch Baker and watch that Tampa team that's been fun over the last few weeks as opposed to watching crummy Atlanta or crummy New Orleans. No offense, fan bases. Your teams this year in 2023, they're in the unwatchable category. All right, we'll come back. Get you ready for the 4 o'clock window. A couple of big games, a couple of juicy games. That's coming your way next. All right, boys, let's get to the 4 o'clock window. Steelers, Seahawks. In many ways, it's like an elimination game for both of these two teams. Uh, This is a Super Bowl rematch from a long, long time ago. Probably the worst officiated Super Bowl in the history of my lifetime. That's how bad it was with Bill Levy and the Steelers getting offensive pass interference calls. And you wonder if Seattle maybe is owed one. Uh, Seattle is favored by three and a half in this game. Raheem, you know, Mason Rudolph looked far more com- uh, comfortable. He looked far more com- uh, competent than what we saw from Trubisky. But now you put him on the road against the Seahawks team that desperately needs the game. I'll defer to you on this. Where do we stand? Steelers-Seahawks, 4 o'clock.
2: So this total is where I want to highlight it. Open at 42 and a half. Let's go under 41 and a half. I I, I, I just think the Steelers, they got a bunch of chunk plays last week. George Pickett was running up and down the field. It just felt like the Bengals didn't want to play any defense at all, especially coming off of that overtime comeback win against the Vikings this week will be a lot different Mason Rudolph will not be throwing the ball up and down the field against the Seahawks defense and then the Seahawks offense still leaves a lot to be desired so I expect this to go under so let's just bet the under look for a low scoring game
3: dream got it uh, JJ that is exactly the play here and I'll give a shout out to Joe Osborne covers.com he he pulled out this nugget the Steelers have gone under the second half total in 12 of their 15 games. And on the road, five of six games, the average combined score in Pittsburgh second halves is 16.7 points. The second half total for this game, 20 and a half. That's another way to play it. It's an under, under, under affair, JJ.
0: It's going to be a gross game. Uh, I I get the idea of Faden Mason Rudolph. On the road. I totally get that. But the Steelers with Mike Tomlin getting points. I mean, that his history tells us that there's some value there, him with that three and a half. And, mean, and you did you know Mike Tomlin
2: hook. never had a losing season? And he only needs one more win to clinch a non-losing <laughs> season here.
0: And, oh, by the way, they play at Baltimore in Week 18. Steelers don't win this game. We will be talking about the first losing season in the Mike Tomlin era. All right, guys. Kansas City at home taking on Cincinnati. This is a game we thought at the beginning of the year was going to be as juicy as it gets. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, it's the AFC title game each of the last two years. Spoiler alert, I do not think this will be the AFC title game for the third consecutive year. You have Kansas City coming off a loss. You have Cincy coming off a throttling against Pittsburgh. I can't believe I'm saying this, Raheem. I think it's a good bylaw spot for the Chiefs. I do. I I know it's a short week. I know Cincinnati has had their number, and Rumo has schemed up some very good game plans against Kansas City, and Kansas City struggles to score. I just think we're getting the reckoning from Jake Browning. I think we saw it against Pittsburgh. I think we're going to see it here against an angry, ticked-off Chief team. I-, I think the Chiefs come to play here in this game, and I- I- maybe they're only going to get to 24, 27 points. I just think Cincinnati's going to have a hard time scoring here. I- I'm okay teasing it and I'm even okay laying the number, I like Kansas City in
2: this spot. Yeah, we're in complete agreement. And a big reason why is this Bengals defense is abysmal. 30th in EPA per play. I think Patrick Mahomes is probably going to have his best game in about five, six games because I I expect him to carve this defense up. I think they're going to find something. They're going to find their rhythm. Travis Kelsey might even score a touchdown here. I don't know if – Taylor Swift's gonna be in the building, but I don't think it's gonna matter. The Chiefs win this game.
3: Yeah, I I'm playing it the same way. This might be one of my uh combos for my money line parlay. I might have Chiefs, Colts, and then I'll have to find one more. Uh, little little favorite along the way here to make this uh get that 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 parlay up to two to one. I like the Chiefs to win. I'm not gonna mess around. With the number, even though I can easily see the narrative that we're talking into existence here, which is the chiefs getting right. The, the, the chiefs get right spot was supposed to be Christmas Monday. We were all sitting down with her, with our buffet lunch and getting ready to, to this relax post presence. They didn't get right. They got wrong, but maybe this is the thing because. The, the, that Bengals defense cures all ailments, it seems. I mean, certainly for Pittsburgh, another 400-yard performance out of the Pittsburgh offense. Who, could, who, could, who saw that coming? Uh, Chiefs on the money line will be the way I'll play it.
0: Tell you this, Chiefs can't go and take down Cincinnati. I don't want to hear from Kansas City the rest of the year. Simple as that. All right, guys. Sunday night football. Basically an elimination game. Packers and Vikings. Uh, the NFL, I think, was strategic New Year's Eve. They said, let's have our marquee game at 1 o'clock. You know, that way you take your significant other maybe out to dinner. Uh, maybe you go to a New Year's Eve party. I mean, I might be doing all of the above. Actually, I don't have a party on the schedule. I am taking the gal out to dinner after the 4 o'clock games. Get back after dinner. Slide in for the second quarter, and I'll have some action on this game. Uh, Raheem, the Vikings— have had opportunities each of the last two weeks to go and win games. They had a chance against the Lions. They couldn't get it done, Mullins, through the back-breaking pick. They couldn't get a yard in back-to-back weeks or back-to-back situations against Cincinnati two weeks ago with a chance to go and win that one. I kind of get the sense here that the levy, in some ways, is kind of broken for the Vikings. You know, they lose their quarterback. They've been spunky. I kind of wonder here in this game if they're just kind of deflated from the last two weeks and you could take advantage of that with the Packers. Not that I trust the Packers. Not that this is a strong point for me in the least. I just wonder where Minnesota is going to be at from a mental standpoint going into this game. I do.
2: You know, speaking of deflating, They also lost their star tight end, T.J. Hawkinson. He tore his ACL and is out for the season. So that's just another loss and just another injury, which just it just puts the Vikings down on the dumps. And you look at Nick Mullins. This is a guy who he threw four interceptions last week. And if he doesn't throw four interceptions, they probably win that game. They were then one. We should have won that one,
0: Raheem. I'm so with you there. And I felt dirty. I had Detroit. That was like, oh, I had Minnesota. That was like my only loss of the card. It was a great Christmas, by the way. Very, very great Christmas for me. Uh, Just throwing that out there. I haven't had many, so I'm going to take it. I'm going to run with it. That was one where I felt like Minnesota should have won that game. I felt that the last two weeks, Dream. I'm done with the Vikings. I cannot bet them again. I cannot do it.
2: Yeah, and... and like, honestly, we don't know if Nick Mullins is going to start. It, it might be Jaron Hall. So it just feels like this team is in a ton of turmoil. I think this is a, an over game. I think there's a lot of points going to be scored in this game. I think it's up to 46 and a half. It was 45. I probably would play the 46 and a half. But also, I would lean towards the Packers. I think the Packers, Jordan Love, like, we, we know their coach's pedigree when it comes to December games. So I would lean to the Packers.
3: Yeah, I I'm in the same boat uh as as Dream here. Um and it really just boils down to the injury thing. The 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 poor um Vikings just it it, it just bit them too hard this season. Uh Addison is is questionable at best. I don't know what uh how he showed up on the injury report and what practice He had today, but the Hawkinson blow is just one step too, too far for them. It is fun to see Justin Jefferson back out there though, making spectacular plays to help his team try and win football games. But the problem is, is, is the guy who has the rock at center and, I, I mean, I Jalen Hall or Nick Mullins. I don't like the answer to either one of those. I like green Bay here. Um, thinnest, uh margin still to jump into the playoffs. They have to win this one. Um, I think it's possible.
0: Guys, we'll get you set for Thursday night. I can't believe a team with Joe Flacco starting a quarterback is fascinating, intriguing, and a monster favorite. We have you covered on that. We'll have some picks for the college football playoff. All we'll that more. It's coming right back. Let's do a little a little grab bag. Um, Thursday night game, and then I have a quick NBA thought I want to get to. Browns and Jets, seven and a half now. Jets are keeping everybody as we know House, The Browns have been so much fun with Joe Flacco. The narrative and the storyline with this game that's fascinating is Joe Flacco going up against the team he was with a year ago, and I got news for you. If Joe Flacco was behind the Jet offensive line, he most certainly would not be having this success. I think this number is way too high. I know the Browns defense is great. I know you're going to tell me how the Jets are going to school with Trevor Simeon. I am not laying seven and a half with Joe Flacco. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I won't do it. I think the jet defense, which has been spunky and feisty all year. I'm going to hold my nose and grab seven and a half. I know it's probably a mistake house, but I'm going to do it.
3: Well, you also don't have to play it. Um, I was interested in no, the <laughs>
0: last Thursday night game of the year. I, uh, you, you're being kind, but I'm going to play it's the last Thursday night game of the year. Yes, I'm playing it.
3: I was hunting for Jets uh, team total under 14 and a half. The FanDuel Sportsbook has it at 12 and a half. So that's a stay away. The line is seven and a half feels like kind of a stay away as well. Um, I do recognize, acknowledge, give appreciation to and four. What the Cleveland Browns do at home, and I think that defense will come out. They still have a chance to win their division against all odds. The Cleveland Browns, so they're going to come out and give that effort. I don't like the Jets on a short week traveling to Cleveland. The difference between that Cleveland defense at home and on the road is stunning. Uh, I I'm with you in terms of being skeptical about laying all those points. All those points, but. Um, I I do like the idea of the Browns stifling that Jets offense. So I'm going to try and figure out a way. I don't know if I could do it at 12 and a half team total for the Jets, though. That's just, you know, that that lets in too many dummy opportunities dream.
2: Yeah. So the one thing we know is that the Browns defense at home, they're a monster in eight games this season, 13.1 points per game. And I don't expect that to change against the Jets with Trevor Simeon. This total is 35 and I can see where JJ is thinking. I mean, you're looking at a spread, which is 25% of the total. Like seven and a half is huge when you consider the total is 35 points. I'm going to play the under here. If that's how I had to play this game, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to play it, but I'd play under 35. I would probably play first half under 17 and a half, which is which they have right now on FanDuel Sportsbook. But I don't want to touch a side. I don't want to lay seven and a half with Joe Flacco, but then I don't. At the same time, I don't want to take the Jets. So it's an underplay for me.
0: Well, fellas, um, we had all the NFL on Christmas Day. We had the NBA, too. Uh, Big win for the Celtics over the Lakers. The Suns continue to be a mess. Nice start to my day with the Knicks covering three and a half, winning outright against the Bucs. But Raheem, forget about the Christmas Day, uh, Christmas games. Are the Pistons ever going to win a game again? I I mean, in all seriousness, I know it's now becoming like a running joke and a running meme. They may never win a game again. I'm just saying, do do we have any idea when we think Detroit might get their next win? They should put that up on FanDuel, by the
2: way. Thank me later. Yeah, at this point, it's looking bleak. I mean, Kate Cunningham is doing the best he can, and they still can't win a game. I mean, you look at their schedule. They got the Boston Celtics on the road, the Toronto Raptors. Then they got a road trip with the Rockets, the Jazz, the Warriors, and the Nuggets. So, I mean... It's clear that they're probably not going to win another game in 2023. And <laughs> who knows how they start off 2024. We're looking at historic stuff right here.
3: The only thing about them and, and, you know, the father on, on his show um, with the NBA coverage, the point that he's made is the right point with the way the three point shooting variances these days, the really shocking thing with Detroit is that they haven't gotten hot for, for just one game. When they, it only the game takes... when they go and hit
0: 20 at 25 threes. That's an excellent yeah, point. House. Yeah. Excellent. Point. And
3: look, I, Toronto and Houston are both opportunities where that could happen. That could be the thing. I love the effort by Cade. I mean, they were right there last night, uh, uh, Tuesday night, trying to handle the 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 get, get across that, that goal line. So I think they're going to get w- one of these here in the next handful. I don't love this, this West coast swing coming up, uh, but you know, I'm not even really afraid of golden state and, and that's another co- conversation for a, another day, but Houston, Toronto, golden state, I, they're one of those, they, I feel like they got it in them.
2: You know what? Here, here's the, here's the other element to it. The other element is that, no one wants to be the team who loses to Detroit, so Bingo. it's like you know how everybody plays the like when they play the NBA champion, they want to give them their best shot. The Pistons are getting everybody's best shot because nobody wants to lose to them. It's like they're playing <laughs> the Denver Nuggets every single night. <laughs> I don't blame them.
0: If I were an NBA team, I feel the exact same way. It ain't going to be us. It ain't going to be us. All right, boys, we'll come back. We got best bets for Week 17, and yeah, some picks, baby. For what you'll see on New Year's Day with the college football playoff, that's next.
4: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app.
0: All right, boys, a little bit of a hybrid to say goodbye. We have a college football playoff on New Year's Day, so we're going to combine our best bets for Week 17 With the play on what you're going to see with the two semifinal games where you will have Michigan taking on Alabama in the Rose Bowl. I cannot wait for that. And then you will have Washington and Texas, two real good feel-good stories in the second game. Uh, The lines, in case you were wondering, on FanDuel, Bama plus one and a half. Texas laying the four and a half. And if you want to play the national championship odds, we might have done that. House and I might already be invested in Alabama. So, guys, give me a pick for the New Year's Day games and then give me a Week 17 pick. House, I'll start with you.
3: Well, JJ, you know, my bias for Alabama is well-established and well-known. Give me Alabama on the money line. Give me Alabama catching points. This Michigan offense, now that you had a chance to really sit down and do some of the, the analytics, the math, They don't have nearly the explosive potential to score and keep up with Alabama. I think this number is going to flip by Monday. Let me have Alabama in this dog position all day long. And then I'm on a money line parlay for the NFL. We talked it right into existence. I love the chiefs. I love the Colts. And let's go ahead and put the Packers three leg money line parlay. That's how
2: we collect to rig in the new year, fellas. Let's hear it. All right, dream. What do you got? I'm going to go with Michigan here. I think a lot of public is going to be all over Alabama, but Michigan's been one of the best teams all season long. So I'm going to ride with Michigan. You can take a money line. You can take a minus one and a half. I think they win this game. And then for the NFL, we spoke about this game earlier. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys, Detroit Lions over 53 and a half. Those primetime unders are dead. It's a thing of the past. We're going to get a shootout on Saturday night.
0: All right, guys, best bets. I like Texas. I just think they're a superior team to Washington. I think Washington has been incredibly fortunate all year in college football to pull out a bunch of these games. Some are going to say they have tiger blood. I'm going to go with the more well-rounded, talented roster, and I think we will have a Texas-Bama rematch in the national championship game. I'm too invested in Alabama futures, so I'm not giving out that side. I'm going with the Longhorns, laying the four and a half against the Washington Huskies in the night game. As far as the NFL, I'm going with the total. I hinted at it earlier. I think Miami and Baltimore is going to be rock'em, sock'em. I think it's going to be ugly, and I think it's going to be a lot more low-scoring than it was in the shootout affair we saw just a season ago. No Jalen Waddle. Baltimore looking to run the ball, maybe neutralize that Miami pass rush. I think that game goes under the total. So I'll go Dolphin Raven under Texas Longhorns. Our final picks for 2023. Boys... Happy New Year. I will see you for New Year's Eve festivities. Ring of Wise, guys, 11 a.m. Eastern. House will have his pod with Sharp later in the week. The East Coast Bias Boys will be back for 2024. We can't wait. Final week of the regular season. Good job, Wargon Warrior. Boys are out. Be good, everybody. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or... Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. one 9 within Indiana. 1-100-522-4700. Or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. one 877 770 stopping Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-100-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-522-4700. 327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.
1: This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.